When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's always mistakenly British. Tea crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Mark Stein. The legend, Mark Stein. Yes, who floats his own balloons out there from time to time, and they never get <laughs> shot down. <laughs> no, that's my preferred mode of travel. You don't need the vaccine passports if you just glide across international frontiers in your beautiful weather, weather, not surveillance, not uh, EMP, uh, nuclear attack, just your weather Balloon. I must say on this, uh, what is it today? Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Yes, no, 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 no. Valentine's Day. I am Valentine. Yeah, Valentine's Day, and I loved listening to you uh, talking over that perfume ad saxophone you had uh, in the because that's basically all i forget i think you were talking were you talking uh what were you talking about there i can't remember whether it's the debt ceiling or whatever but it's amazing how romantic so if, if you're planning a candlelit dinner for two and you just put the perfume ad saxophone music on you can talk about the debt ceiling and uh, and the chicks will dig it just because of that perfume ad sax well i've got some more perfume <laughs> sex Add the uh, saxophone from the very best. Um, you know, a few a few days ago, I had a listener calling and wanted to know uh, how come we didn't play any of the uh, crooners. And I said, okay, I'm going to play one, but I'm going to play. I'm going to mix. Them. I'm going to play Johnny Hartman and John. Oh Coltrane. yeah. Oh, so yeah. later in the program, I'm going to do that. Mm. Now, Mark, how come the Canadian? How, answer me this, please. Riddle me this, Mark. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. There's. There's a, a white nationalist balloon floating over Canada, uh, over Canada, right. your 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 homeland, right? Yeah. And the Canadian Air Force doesn't scramble. The <clears throat> Canadian military doesn't go into full DEFCON six. They ask Joe Biden, "Hey Joe, can you shoot that thing down for us?" Or Joe volunteers to shoot it down. I don't know what happens. How does it um, a, a a Chinese balloon flying over Canada hmm. end up being shot down by Americans. And what does that say for the poor people over in Moldova? I mean, they they have a balloon over there yeah. in Moldova. And are, are they going to call the Canadians to shoot it down? What's going to happen here? Well, you make a, a good point. The In fairness, there's this thing called NORAD, which is mutual... North American air defense between the United States Air Force and the Royal Canadian Air Force, uh, which has certainly been at important times in world history uh, a significant air force. And I would love it if they'd said, oh, sorry, we can't shoot down the 
<laughs> the sinister balloon over the Yukon because we've had to go to Moldova to shoot the down the balloon over Moldova. What we need, I, th- I think this shows how we actually need a world balloon. You know, like the World Health Organization right. did, did such a great job with uh, all the COVID and all that. I think we need a world balloon organization because clearly... You know, the war on terror hasn't worked out. It turned, you know, turned into a disaster ending with the fall of Kabul. So uh, a war on balloons might actually be something that we could actually accomplish. So I'm all in favor. I, in fact, I, <laughs> I bet you at some point, because these balloons are turning up everywhere, not just in obvious places like the Yukon, but in Moldova, which is, you know, I, I, I like Moldova, don't get me wrong. Um, I always think of it as Bessarabia, and in fact, it was my planned escape route when I was in Ukraine. Getting out via Moldova was my planned escape route because I thought it was more likely. Uh, but I don't, uh, you know, so you got the Yukon balloons, you got Moldova balloons. I mean, this thing is going global very fast. Panic, run, head for the hill. Oh, no, the balloons can get you in the hills. Head somewhere where there are no places balloons can go. Oh, wait, no, that's everywhere. So I think the war on balloons needs to be the next big thing. Well, if you can't take a balloon, take a train. I mean, what could possibly go wrong in a train? Mm. Old school, old school technology. Mm. Mm. Just don't go through (laughs) Ohio. Don't go through Palestine, Ohio in particular. No, do you know this thing, just before this happened in Ohio, uh, which is, I happen happen to see, they've got, I can't, don't know whether it's strikes or whatever it is uh, over in London. And I happen, so the trains aren't operating. And I happen to see a bus that said, choo-choo, I'm your morning train, painted on the side. And I thought, this is pathetic. You know, we're we're at a time when basic... uh, Basic societal services don't, like trains, don't work, and we think it's cute and funny. No, it might have been cute and funny the first time, but it's not now. I mean, this this is the world we're in. Basic services don't work. This was a train accident in Ohio. Nobody seems to know why it is. Uh, the Secretary of Transportation is busy talking instead about how there are too many white construction workers. I don't know what... I don't know what uh, what race the people running this train were. Uh, I don't know what race the people running the cleanup operation after the train crash were. The guys who are responsible for this toxic cloud over Ohio. Um, but it's interesting to me when you have something like the school shooting in Uvalde and they have the press conference, and there and there's 187 different federal, state, county, and municipal agencies who are all crowding around the ma- microphone, desperate to have their 10 minutes in the spotlight. None of, no agencies of any kind seem to have been able to accomplish anything remotely safe or efficient after this Ohio uh, crash. Uh, and, and, and again, just to go back to that bus side, uh, basic services now do not work. Uh, I, I used to have a line, oh, the planes will soon be dropping out of the sky. And the planes are not yet dropping out of the sky, but the trains are derailing and going toxic in Ohio. We have a problem here. Vinyl chlorine, uh, diethylene glycol, poly, polypropylene glycol, yeah. propylene glycol, yeah. polyethylene 
and let's see, polyvinyl and petroleum stuff yeah, all yeah. up in smoke. And yeah. for a while, people, the government's first reaction was, ah, oh, don't worry about it, everything is safe. Yeah. Well, apparently some people that tried to get back in their homes had to evacuate again because they started having symptoms in their yeah. homes, and no one will tell people exactly how serious this is, what the long-term, what happens when all these chemicals mix together and go up in smoke? Does it affect the water table in the area? I mean, there's a lot of information that we still don't know about this, and it wasn't even covered heavily no. in the beginning. It was almost as if this thing happened and there was a media blackout. In fact, uh, my engineer Scott sent me a story um, today with a video from, from, I think it was Epic Times, um, about the media blackout that took place when this train derailed. It was just, if in, for most of the mainstream press, it didn't happen. No, and it's weird because, uh, you know, there's a derailment, and then there's the bungled response to the derailment, and then there's the media silence about the bungled response to the derailment. But And by the way, this is all from... A, uh, a political class and a media, the whole climate change, the environment, we love the environment, we must protect the environment. And they basically just said, ah, oh, you know, it was just a little rinky-dink train crash, but how about we turn it into Chernobyl? I mean, this, this, uh, this is a... The, the, and Buttigieg actually, uh, actually embodies the problem here. He's a man who should not be Secretary of State... Uh, Secretary of Transportation, because I, I saw some tweet uh, the other day that said uh, Buttigieg is doing such a bad job as Secretary of Transportation that for the first time people know the name of the Secretary of Transportation. <laughs> right. Uh, and, uh, and this idea, oh, yeah, the problem with construction workers is too many of them are white. <laughs> yeah, they don't you know, look like the neighborhoods they serve in, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. Well, I don't I mean, even. I, I don't of... even. I don't even know. I mean, I take it he would be happy if there were more transgender construction workers. But the trans uh, we've got instead transgenders are all admirals in the U.S. Uh, Navy, like uh, Admiral Rachel Levine with her spectacular bosom. So the fact is, when you have the uh, when you have when you have elite promotion to some of these top jobs in the cabinet like isn't he the first gay secretary of transportation so i, I don't know so. i don't know what that has got i don't know what being gay has to do with being able to be a secretary of transportation any more than what being white has to do with a construction worker but i mean when you have the, when these become your priority you were talking about checking the boxes with nikki haley when you have a, a you know, Biden boasts about, oh, this is the first transgender Muslima to serve as Secretary of the Interior. You can't, when you promote and you hire on that basis, uh, don't be surprised when the trains start crashing and everything, because you're not looking for, you, you, your world has become nowhere else, nowhere else, not in Russia, not in China, not in Iran, do they think this is a sensible basis on which to hire? Oh, look, where you know, you can check the boxes when it's something inconsequential, like who's going to be a president. But when you're checking the 
boxes on someone who has to do an actual job, like decide whether or not to release all those chemicals into the air over Ohio, you should actually be looking for other qualifications than uh, than than the uh, sexual orientation or the gender identity. Now, Republicans, Mark, shifting gears, are, according to Reuters, yeah. the Republican hardliners, and mm-hmm. that would be right, That would, you would be included in that bunch, even if they included <laughs> Republican hardliners. Yeah, hardliners. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, can yeah. afford to say no to the U.S. debt ceiling increase, and Reuters finally tells us why. They can afford to say no to raising the debt ceiling increase because mostly small donors fund their campaigns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love it. You you emailed me this story, and I read it, and I love it the way it assumes that, oh, you know, the, these these people are holding up the increase in the debt ceiling. Uh, the debt the debt is at thirty one and a half trillion dollars, and uh, that's really not good enough. Not if we're uh, going to have the first uh, transgendered Ohio train driver <laughs> in place. Uh, and uh, well, we looked into these people who are holding it up, and what do you know? They they're not taking money from big business like normal politicians do. <laughs> they they're dependent on this. Uh, Weird, creepy fringe group of people called uh, what? Are, what are they called? American citizens. Citizens. What? What, what the hell is up with that? You know, you let you let uh, you let American citizens start determining policy, and there goes your self-governing republic right there. I mean, the way this story is written is bong. Do you know every every American? This is why. You know, Globocorp International telling you, ah, don't bother about that debt ceiling. You know, it's $31.5 trillion. What's another $15 trillion on top of that? Uh, the, the, the minute, the, in reality, it's taxpayers who are on the hook, and the debt is already at a quarter million dollars per taxpayer. And no one in human history has ever paid off uh, $31.5 trillion in debt. I mean, so just uh, that's America has to pay the federal government has to pay back thirty one point five trillion dollars just to get back to being broke, just to get back to having nothing in its pocket. And this idea that this oh the debt it's just like it's a ritual. It's like the State of the Union. You know, the president comes in and he's glad handing everybody, and then he gets to the podium and says, uh, "How about we up the uh, debt ceiling to forty trillion? It should just be automatic." That's what these people want, and in the end, it will tank the dollar and tank the country. Now, uh, the one last story, and that concerns. The Mark Stein Cruise, which I am happily going on in January. I yeah. have a suggestion for entertainment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it appears New York Post says at the Super Bowl, I didn't watch it, sadly. Mm. I don't know whether you watched the Super Bowl or not. No, no. I, I can't. I can't. You know, uh, I always used to wind up guest hosting for Rush on the Monday after the Super Bowl. Cause he right. under, <laughs> and I would just be bluffing my way through. It's like, oh, I love the Super Bowl. I, I always think it's so moving when they sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game in the seventh inning stretch. And people would be like, what? He's faking it. And uh, so... I am entirely ignorant of all aspects of the Super Bowl. Well, the halftime show featured the stellar performance from Rihanna. <clears throat> I heard Rihanna yesterday on the show. We, they played some Rihanna for me mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, never mind. 
Anyway, Rihanna apparently is just a superb, she's just an amazing entertainer. During the performance, she grabbed her, she's pregnant, she grabbed her crotch, mm-hmm. and I guess, and then put her fingers up to her nose to smell it. Mm-hmm. And people think that, wow, this is just, this uh, is the, so, I, Mark, you've got a cruise coming up. <laughs> we've, we're, you're going to need some entertainment on yeah. this cruise. <laughs> I am not going to put my hand on your crotch, and then I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm going. I'm not going. Now we all know this is hallowed show business. You were talking about Johnny Hartman and John Coltrane a couple of minutes ago. Uh, They were renowned for putting their hands on their crotch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's the uh, you know John Coltrane could play the crotch like nobody else on earth. It was just spectacular. (laughs) Um, and, uh, this is, this is actually what it's, this is actually what it's come down. You know, when I, when I look back at all the great American, uh, great American music that's been written over the years, my old Kentucky home, you know, the song's okay, but what I really liked was the way Stephen Foster and the Christie Minstrels would all grab their crotch in unison, uh, when they performed it. It's just like, it's, it's a part of, it's, it's Americana. Nothing is more uh, nothing is more American than grabbing your crotch during Over the Rainbow, White Christmas, whatever. There isn't a single song that isn't uh, improved by a crotch uh, a crotch grab. You know, you can have some. You, you have these songs that okay, like Hotel California. It goes on forever. If any song could use like. Three crotch grabs during it. It's like hotel Bohemian. Bohemian. I don't want to hit. I don't want to see Bohemian Rhapsody without at least half a dozen crotch grabs. Well, so we will have entertainment on the Mark Stein cruise, and please tell everybody how they may go about joining us on the cruise. And uh, bring your own uh, grabber for your own. Yeah, and and we'll have uh, we'll have uh, you'll be on the cruise, and Michelle Buckman uh, will be on the cruise, and you can find out more about it by going to MarkSteinCruise.com or SteinOnline.com, and that's Stein with a Y, as in why do I have to listen to this awful guy talking about putting crotch grabs in the middle of White Christmas? <laughs> Mark Stein, as always, thank you, my friend. We look forward to chatting up with you next. Mark, I have do I uh, one other quick thing with you. There is a story, and Mark, we do not have time to do this justice. Mm. So maybe one day we can figure out a way. This story about Microsoft and the conservative media that they were suppressing with this other group. Mm. Uh, Washington Examiner did a story. RushLimbaugh.com was on the list. They're yeah, 39. Yeah. And, and yeah, that means you. And that yeah, there's no. a bigger list of 1,000, and no doubt you are on it. Yep. No, this whole idea of disinformation and where fact-checkers, these are all rubbish, phony professions. And, they've, and actually, since the COVID years, they've actually killed people, suppressing, uh, suppressing the widest possible discourse. Uh, on COVID and the vaccines and all the rest of it. We need, uh, not to mention the New York Post and Hunter Biden and everything. Free speech is, uh, the the throttling of free speech by these companies is actually killing self-government in the Western world right now. Mark Stein, hey, we will catch up with you next week, Mark. Thanks so much.